Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age, if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? (laughs) Well, maybe my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. (laughs) Well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine. And I'm Stephen. And today we're talking about women. Women. (laughs) But specifically, I suppose, well, we're going to jump off and it can roam about a little bit, but we're going to jump off and start with women and the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and their relationship. Is is that fair to say? Yeah. So we talked, obviously, we always do our little pre-talk. and our thinking wasn't it was that we sort of start off by thinking about that particular organization and how women are treated and how women think mm-hmm. about themselves um we can talk a bit about your your observations as somebody that's not um that hasn't been brought up as a jehovah's witness but has observed it you're probably in quite mm-hmm. a good position actually to see what it's like from a from a third person um, so yes. if they would do that stuff, we talk about that, and then we'd also talk a little bit about what it must be like when you leave the organisation or mm. other types of high control groups where women are treated in a very specific sort of way. Yeah, uh, we could talk about that and how how a woman might um, negotiate that. Uh, obviously, drawing on your your thoughts mm. on that particularly, um, and then the other bit we talked about was was as a man, my having to I guess reevaluate my whole outlook about your relationship with women yeah mm. yeah 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 because um that was one thing that always made me laugh at uni having this discussion of the word relationship not only meaning the person you're with but just your interactions with people indeed so yeah, yeah. you're just relationship with women <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so. and and um, and whether I suppose my something that's been on my mind, um, I suppose quite a bit is is whether there's hangovers of the the sort of way that I might have viewed women and um, and how I view my relationship towards women now. You know, is it is it possible yeah. that there's a kind of um, hangover from that, and is that problematic? And so I think quite interesting yeah. to talk about some of that. Is there work to do? Mm, yeah. Indeed. As we often discuss now, the work that you have to do. The work, uh, yes. The work. That will be a podcast one day. <laughs> the work. What is the work? Yeah. Um, so let's discuss this set of the work. Okay. Uh, one thing that we could start with was um, a question I have for you. Is obviously, we've discussed in previous podcasts that one of the big catalysts for you leaving was that you were going to have a child, mm. um, or your wife was going to have a child. And... Um, you were like well, what am i going to tell them mm. at this point you two didn't know whether it was uh, a boy just, or a girl no yeah. you chose to not know which yeah. is uh, quite modern actually lots of people do that now mm. um but you chose not to know uh, you're going to be leon gender or sex you, you yeah. could have been leon rather than celine 
Yeah, you just love the French names. Yeah, strange, isn't it? Um, mm. But yeah, so you, uh, you know, everything was yellow because um, it's <laughs> yeah. the, the gender neutral colour yeah. is yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, you didn't know that, but you were still wanting to leave. But my question is when you found out that I was a girl, mm. obviously, on the day I was born, did you, did that come into your mind as another reason that you should leave because you know not only would raising a, a boy be bad it is your own experience mm. in in the witnesses it's not it's not exactly free for you either but did you think it will be worse because she's a girl if we raise her in this way like she won't be able to do the things that even i could do it'll even it'll even be more restricted yeah, it's a good question. I don't know, um, honestly, <laughs> whether I mm. I consciously thought about, oh, um, you know, we've got a girl, that means it's going to be even more restrictive because she's a, a woman. Um, I honestly don't know the answer. To that. I wish I could remember, but I don't remember. So I'm guessing it perhaps wasn't that bigger, that bigger element. I think it was just I, I, I knew that we were, you know, having to raise... Um, I wanted to raise my child in the way that would be best for him or her and yeah it's um I wanted to know what to tell them you know <laughs> I wanted to tell them the truth I didn't want to tell them things that I didn't believe so then that was the main uh, the main motivation obviously when you see your daughter for the first time then uh, I guess all of a sudden that frames everything you think you might anticipate about this person which in itself, you know, could be a problem, but um, I guess there is an element of that. But yeah, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure it made that much of a difference. I think it. it I would have felt the same had it been a boy. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's one of the things that for me, I'm always eternally grateful for is that, like, obviously, regardless, I wouldn't want to have been brought up as a witness. I'd rather be part of the world. But if I had been um if i'd been brought up as a witness and you know was the woman that i would grow to be i would be restricted in my life's goals and ambitions and wishes um or i wouldn't even be restricted i suppose i would never have even known it was a possibility because it wouldn't be um because i always think of it in terms of my current brain and my current aspirations mm. but if i was raised as a witness i wouldn't have gone to university i wouldn't be interested in making films because I wouldn't have been encouraged to do those things. You know, you might find your way to them eventually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's by leaving. But there's not many examples of of women that um, go on to make films. You know, who were who were raised mm. as, as Jehovah's Witnesses. I mean, there's not many anybody actually, um, unless they leave. No, there's um, obviously there's a woman that's making something at the moment, isn't she? Um, she did a crowdfunding mm, campaign for yeah, it. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's quite a good point actually um so one of uh, th this young filmmaker um we've supported her um indiegogo um appeal but she's her name is camilla um her second name is it looks like die diner but i'm i'm guessing that's pronounced wrong <laughs> i've pronounced it wrong um but she's making a short film about a young woman who loses her faith and starts a relationship with somebody um so that really ticks a lot of those boxes or those questions mm -hmm. so look out for that um it's a very very interesting project that she's doing um so that's going to be something that i think we probably when that 
film gets released we'll be able to talk about that on our podcast yeah and then also it was made by uh, um, a man but that film um, that you watched I think you bought the DVD is about apostasy a woman apostasy yeah, yeah. She, it's about a woman isn't it and mm. um, it's about the way that it's about grandly the witnesses but also small scale about how they treat a woman for having a relationship and having a child that's not yeah you know, one of the characters in it um has a relationship with somebody who's not a witness and she gets pregnant and um, and mm. yeah a big part of it is how how she uh negotiates that and, and she gets disfellowship doesn't she so she can't mm-hmm. see her mother and yeah it's it's a very mm. it's actually a very difficult film to watch i think as a yeah. as an ex-witness but yeah that again explores these themes so obviously we're not alone in in being concerned about these themes of how uh women who are leaving this sort of group how they manage and how they cope mm. yeah i mean it's it's when you say things like that that you're really grateful um obviously that makes my heart um that warms my heart really um because it is one of those things that i i feel you know you make a lot of mistakes in life you do a lot of things in life but it's one of the the few things i can say i'm absolutely you know there is there are no regrets about that although yeah it's made life difficult if i'm honest in some respects leaving but yeah there is absolutely no doubt yeah. that well, was the right thing in to some do. ways like yeah life would be easy and i wouldn't be worried about my career or what i'm doing <laughs> because i just it would all be laid out for me but i'm so grateful to have the choice like it's so much better to be worried you're doing the wrong thing yeah. by yourself than it is that I'm, I now live in a world where I'm considered too emotional to take part in in decision making of the community of which I am a part and that I will get locked in a room <laughs> to make cake and bring tea at the, at the group meeting in between when the elders discuss what they should do like what 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 a misery I couldn't so you're, you're retelling a story there of, of women having to when the elders meeting is on they're, they're kind of in yeah. the kitchen making cake. the wives of the elders yeah. will be there and they'll make cakes and tea and they'll be told to come through at a mm. particular time and they'll open up the blinds and slide open the door <laughs> and you can come along in and you can like oh good well they, done, everybody everybody's quiet because they're not allowed to let you know what they've been talking about um, so as an observer, I guess that's something that you've observed um, mm-hmm. from your experience. What else? How else do you perceive the, the role or the life of a woman as a Jehovah's Witness? What's your, what's your observations on that? My observations is very, it feels incredibly like just a sad pride and prejudice, to be honest, in that <laughs> everybody's like clambering to get married in order to leave their family home. Yes. Because when have you ever seen a woman just move out of her own accord? Well, she that was looked down upon, really. And leaves mm. and lives on her mm, own. That was looked down upon. Do, and that's when you were there, but I don't know anybody. Because mm. I do know some of the people my own age that are there. And none of them get to leave. I mean, there was a discussion of someone, she's younger than me, and um, a discussion of the fact that, like, she's not got married yet mm. and, like, is she going to get on with that because her you know she still lives at home with her parents and it's like she could get a job and she could leave of her own accord why should she have to get married mm. like and also like why would you pressure people to get married at a young age to someone they might not know well enough 
just because they're witnesses doesn't mean that they're good people. And I think that there's quite a lot of limitation on, on the aspirations for women, really. I mean, there is for mm. every. Well, yeah, they have them. to hope. They're like, let's get married so I can yeah. leave my dad's house. So for a, you know. for a, a woman, for a man, there's, um, there's the opportunity to become an elder and move up the organisation, if you like. Not, not all men want to do that but there's lots of things they can do they can do things in the kingdom hall but they could move out as well if they wanted to yeah, of course. be looked upon as weird like lots of i know that the men do move to their own homes yeah i mean i think you're right i know they don't always but it is like a lot of the way that they leave men or women it's to start their own unit you know in terms of that society a lot of them leave to be married so it's not just the women but like that there is more of an option for the men that they could move out and be alone and not be judged or questioned upon it. I think Whereas, so. like, mm. there are stories of the women, like, you know, I've looked around and, like, people have shared things about, you know, if they did move out being questioned as to why, like, what, what illicit things might you be up to, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Why, why do you need your own place? What's wrong with being at home with your parents where we can keep an eye mm. on you? Yeah, know? absolutely. Um, you know, there's this seems like there's this idea that you you'd only move out for strange reasons you know um yeah why why would you want to leave your family home with spiritual home where you're you're yeah. going to be looked after spiritually and other ways you know um mm. with with help with um with somewhere to live and and so on why would you want yeah. to go and be independent what is the benefit of that yeah there's yeah. a there's a, mm. a real down on in independence especially for women um so women are not meant to be independent yeah. really no and i think when i look in as well i see a lot of like i don't know it's just it was always men would be giving prayers and you, you know even young boys would be prioritized over women to give a prayer if they're present because men and um you know just like are we f- men yeah <laughs> men just like <laughs> no like, i like i like men but not some of them <laughs> um, <laughs> you know like profound i'm just think yeah i'm just thinking of these particular groups yeah. of men anyway and it's like it's it's the ones that just they have it's like regardless of if they want it or not they have power mm. and they're choosing to keep it and they're cho- you know you could be like, oh, you know, it comes on from high, but we can all easily escape all of our issues by saying, well, someone else decided, I didn't decide. Do you know what I mean? So it's like... What about other observations that you've... So, like I was saying, so like, yeah, so they, they, they'll be in charge of all the sort of spiritual stuff. Mm. They're all elders. You can't have women elders because women are, as a direct quote, too emotional, is what I was told. <laughs> when I asked why can't women be elders as a child yeah. I was told that women are too emotional and would make poor decisions that were based on emotion rather than like proper reasoning which was yeah cool. it's quite interesting because the bible doesn't really say any of that um at all no. um it it says I mean the principle of and I'm again doing the uh inverted commas quotes headship um, mm. is there in the Bible and it's I mean it's like a lot of things there's a lot in the Bible that is chosen some of which is chosen to use and some of which is chosen to ignore but there are there mm. are references to headship and, and that men should take the lead um, in the Bible I guess and uh, that you know Jehovah's Witnesses take their 
their view from that. So, but it doesn't mm. say in the Bible. It doesn't say why. It just says that. It doesn't you know, say women are too emotional. No, no, it just says. <laughs> but that's yeah. what I was very clearly told. I guess that's a asked. justification for it, isn't it? That's a, mm. that's a, 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 a post. Um, yeah. Justification, or we don't really understand why it is this way, but oh, maybe it's this. I think when I look in as well, there's kind of like this. I feel like there's an infantilization of of women in that they're either told what to do by their father, or, mm. you know, or at least some male counterpart mm. of their family until they're married, and at which point they then do what their husband says yeah. because they're in charge now and um, never being allowed to make decisions and then and, and to make wrong decisions sometimes but to be your decisions yeah. you know so they, but never getting that even from a young age so all decisions are made by your male leader mm. in your your bubble so you know i think in terms of leaving that must be incredibly difficult because you've never made any decisions even down to you know, small decisions well, that you could have made wrong and make it and make accidents and be yeah. like, oh, but now you've got your entire life, like the biggest decision you will have made thus far, which is to leave. That's a huge one to start you off. On. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it's important to. I feel like I have to be a a voice of, I, I guess, counter to some degree. So, um, I wouldn't say that women don't have any decision making ability, if, like within the organisation. Mm. They don't in terms of things like the congregation. In the family, it's expected that they will make decisions, but it will be conditional, if you like, upon or contingent upon this headship arrangement, um, which is basically saying that uh, the man ultimately makes all the, or the man ultimately will decide, but he may and should actually allow the woman to make lots of decisions but ultimately the end um, the end decision is his he's a bit like the CEO of his own family you know mm. so he may delegate to the to the woman and to other women in the household he may delegate to his wife he may delegate to daughters or sons but ultimately he as the head of the house would have ultimate decision making you know book stops with him it feels I understand you saying that they make some decisions but to me it feels a bit like throw them a bone like make them feel like they're making some decisions so that they don't you know so they don't throw their toys out the pram <laughs> but ultimately yeah. you're in control and you're in power yeah. and I think that's the important thing to remember is that like you know they're in charge so it's kind of like so even when the women are making decisions in the household like oh does like, I don't know does like John care for that or do you know you'll need to make sure we serve his up first because that was always a thing as well <laughs> the men get served dinner first and it's always like like regardless of if like who's who's been doing what it's like we'll give them like you know like just with you know they, we've all been doing the same thing like I'll give the extra potatoes to the boy because he's a boy and it's like he's just sound his arse all day why do you get the extra potato I've been working <laughs> You want the extra potato. I do want the extra potato. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but it's like, I'll give him the extra potato and also give it to him first. Yeah. You know, because he's a man. So did you notice that then? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, right, now take it to them. I remember there was talk, you know, when I was growing up. I mean, you know, I'm quite old, so um, so Mm. some of these things may i suppose not that old, culture but... culture moves the the organization yeah. i know they would things deny this yeah. but 
but general culture does change things a little bit. Um, yeah, there, w there was definitely the idea that the man should, um, the head of the house should have his uh, served first and he should be able to get the salt first and the vinegar first or whatever is on the table, you yeah. know, and... Um, the biggest potato. And the, and the, <laughs> the extra potato. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's strange, isn't it? So th that's sending little messages all the time, isn't it? That, mm -hmm. um, you know, the man is is the most senior, um, that the person that needs to be deferred to. And so whatever yeah. the decisions that the, the woman might make, the wife might make, are always only contingent upon whether they align to whatever the man thinks. So things yeah, like raising the children would be a good example of that, you know. Yeah, like you might be like, oh yeah, you can you can decide what um, what they take for lunch, but I'll ultimately decide which school they go to because I want to make sure it aligns with our spiritual beliefs or like, or just whatever. You know? Yeah, I mean, even though that they they might be the one taking them to school. Yeah, I'm not saying this is all sure. true, mm. but there'll be like an expectation that they do the raising, but then and they're doing all the, this hard work with the raising of the children but ultimately they could be like oh i want to homeschool them now and you have to be like okay God. yeah i mean i think i think the other thing to remember is that different households will have quite different dynamics um and this yeah. is this is actually where i think a lot of marital difficulties occur within um families um is that there's often this men are within the organization men are instructed and obviously everybody's instructed about this idea of headship so that means it's the man's duty to be the head of the house now not every man necessarily wants to have that responsibility you know why should they you know there are many men who are more than happy um to um to to do it together as a joint enterprise or maybe they just don't really like making decisions maybe they're just not very assertive and and the woman the, the wife is much happier leading and doing making those decisions so obviously i don't think every man wants that but every man has the privilege of that choice um and regardless of how maybe you behave behind closed doors yeah i suppose one person's one man's privilege might be another person's um burden and i, I honestly mm -hmm. think that's the case so so I, I knew many men within the congregation who just weren't weren't designed that way. weren't Their their personality mm. was just not that they would be this this leader and this serious spiritual mm. man, you know, within their family. They just wanted to go along with with their wives, but they weren't allowed to yeah. do that. So they ended up playing these roles that were were just completely. Um, ridiculous because actually it made mm. it created tension within their marriage it created tension within their relationship because the woman actually wanted to lead but the the man felt he he needed to lead and she thought well actually he should lead but she really didn't like that you know what i mean and it's like ridiculous yeah. why why couldn't they just leave these people alone to, to develop their, their own, own relationship, relationship. Mm. yeah in your own dynamics yeah exactly well that's the thing like i don't think ultimately it's down to it's, it's a difficult one isn't it because I do feel like ultimately it is down to individuals I was about to say oh it's not down to but ultimately you do need to like if you think something's wrong and it's affecting you and your partner the person you chose and supposedly love then you should do something about it and um, you know obviously ultimately I think you take the the ultimate step of leaving mm. and you get to have choices and you allow you, you provide your wife with choices like but actual meaningful choices 
that means something, you know, not just, well, this is the end goal, so you can make decisions that add up to that, like, being like, what is our end goal, wife? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, So for me, a thing to to throw out here is that I think I'm a particularly, I think I'm quite a feminine woman, I think, you know, if someone looked at me that it would be quite obvious I'm I'm quite a feminine presenting woman, Um, you know, I, I... and I like act in quite traditionally feminine mm. ways, I suppose. Like, I'm quite, um, however we feel about these things, they've been dictated to as male, female in the dichotomy. I'm quite a caring person, which is considered quite a feminine trait. Mm. I do like taking care of people. Mm. You know, I, I find joy and happiness in that. And I like, um, like, I like showing that through cooking for people mm. or making, like, it, I have my own place now and I like, I like, you know, doing things that can helpful like my housemate was having rough time at work so we cleaned his car for him um if that's not because i'm a woman and that's my role like he was out at work so i cleaned his car no we all have jobs and we do things that are nice for each Mm. other but i i do enjoy caring or being a caring person and doing things like cooking and and chores that to make people happy make their lives easier Mm. you know um but I feel like that was a choice that I made and that's important yeah. to remember and I think it's not to say that women actually are completely unlike this and they, they just don't want to do any of these things mm. and that it's completely against everything I'm, ju- I'm just saying when you do things out of wishing to do things Absolutely. and when you do things out of being forced to Absolutely. there's a difference there yeah. like resentment can build mm. like if I felt I was being you know, if I was married now which I probably would be if I was a a witness i'd probably you know mm. i'm not making like grand claims to myself but <laughs> you know if you look at if you look at the trajectory of like let's say if i was following mum's trajectory mm. i'd probably be married for a couple of years already by With now and i'd n- not yet oh, okay. <laughs> 26 uh, and i'm 24 so not yet <laughs> so i'm coming um but mm. you know what i mean like i'd be pr- getting pretty well established in my in my new home with my husband at this point, do you know what I mean? But I don't know if I would still enjoy being a caring person, if I would still identify myself as I find joy in caring for people because it wouldn't be a choice, that would just be my role. And I I think that's something, that's why I feel grateful when I say at the beginning I'm grateful. It's because I get to make the choice or I get the thing I find joy in, I find joy in it because I'm like, I'm actively choosing to this, and that's and choosing to do who I who I do it for, and I, and so on. But it, it it means that you're able to express yourself in lots of ways, doesn't it? So, um, this is the other thing about these roles that are so rigid, um, is that it it kind of it in many ways it stops you from being these multiple selves that that people mm. are. You know, we so you know sometimes you want to help somebody that makes you feel really good, and that makes you feel you know um like a nice caring person but other times you, you're quite ambitious and you want to be a successful filmmaker and you want to or applying to jobs exactly and, and spending uh, and i don't cook every day no. you know so like, you're a career a... woman but you're also a caring person you're all, these are mm. all different facets of of your life and yourself that um that you can explore yeah and mm. you can be if you want to be you could be I'm not saying you personally, your personality is like this, but if you wanted to be, you could be an aggressive go-getter, couldn't you? And that would be fine as well. I could, yeah, exactly. It's all open to me. Yeah. And also, like, 
even just down to this is the level of control like even down to what you wear mm. is is monitored mm. and decided like if you're a good woman or not you know so like i do have one particular skirt that's very you could consider it kind of witnessy that it's like a long florally flowy skirt mm. but i just like it yeah. it's fun to spin in <laughs> you know i enjoy it but i also have like trousers that i can wear any day of the week and at any occasion that always any occasion mm. as well that used to annoy me so much yeah you're not allowed like to wear to trousers at the kingdom hall like why mm. in case anyone gets confused that you're a man and that you might start being in charge <laughs> stop her she's got her trousers on she's got her power pants on <laughs> get her <laughs> It's strange though, society has had this link between trousers and headship or power, power, don't they? I mean, people say, who wears the trousers? Yeah, and and like um, a power suit. Mm. Why did they start calling women's wearing suits power suits? Just Just a suit, suit, isn't isn't it? it? It's just a suit. It's trousers, you put your legs in them. Yeah. But anyway, you know, like, but that level of control, Mm. it's like you're going to a wedding and it's obviously going to be a witness wedding um, and you're like, Okay, I've got to pick out. I, I, you won't even think about it because it'll just be your life. But but you'll never even get the opportunity. Well, I, d- I bet they do think about it because modesty like modesty is a really big thing yeah. for witnesses. So I know when I mean we were a family of two boys, but um, there were lots of discussions about. Oh, look at that sister's skirt. It's a bit short, yeah. isn't it? And there's a slit oh, in that so skirt. Much. I mean that that was a big thing when I was a teenager. Slits, and were evil, slits yeah. in skirts. And there was like it even... just makes it easier to walk. It's not for any sort of like well. Then it must thing. be too tight. That's the problem. It must be too tight if you can't walk in a skirt without a slit in. I mean, I remember one circuit overseer on the platform at a circuit assembly saying, you know, when he was before he became a witness, he was in the forces, and he, I remember him saying, mm. um, "We all knew what that slit meant. You know, the higher the slit, the lower the price." Um, and you've got sisters in the Kingdom Hall there, or in the auditorium, the big assembly hall, who would have got dressed in the morning, you know, and probably some of them would have thought about, oh, is this appropriate, is this modest or not? But mm. lots of lots of skirts would have had a little, um, a little slit in it, um, some high, some not so high. But, you know, the, the, the microscope was very much upon how women dressed, you know, skirts, mm. short skirts, slits in skirts, I mean, these days there's obviously the tight pants things for the for the men as well. It's it's become, um, you know, that, equal because offenders. That's like them becoming too effeminate, isn't yeah. it? And potentially being gay because yeah. anything. That's not the other issue, isn't it? It's this yeah. almost seemingly like. Uh, this is why I also don't like it. There's seeming like disgust or dislike or distaste towards mm. women and that that they're wiles or like men being feminine mm. and, you know. Do you know what I mean? It's just like this idea of like women as something, it's something to fear almost. Like this discussion of careful about women with the slits in their skirts yeah. and like yeah. this, this sexual nature of women. And I think, you know, it, the control that they have down to the degree of what you wear to how you might behave in the bedroom with your partner. <laughs> like, it's like all of these things it's very stressful and weird yeah um, i mean when i was when i was a young man thinking about a, a wife um mm. as you did <laughs> um yeah. you know, well because you wouldn't be having a partner no, like, for very long it's like you're in the lookout for a wife because like i said it's pride and prejudice exactly you don't look for girlfriend you you look for a wife yeah ex- yeah and you're absolutely right it is it is pride and prejudice um mm. uh without the fun um yeah but yeah the you know you were 
you're encouraged to look for a spiritual wife, not one that was too much about herself and her appearance and everything. But I mean, obviously, as a young man, I, I was interested in in uh, the things that all young men are interested in. I suppose you know, I, I was interested in appearance and if she looked nice and if she dressed nice and uh, to to imagine there is no physical attraction and sexual attraction there is yeah, ridiculous things are attractive to different people that, so well yeah like but it's it, it does yeah. you know that is part of the the thing mm. so yeah it was always oh you know she dresses quite worldly and um she's a bit mm. flirtatious and I don't really want anything to do with her but secretly you kind of did um you know it was all very confusing and difficult really i think uh, yeah. and, but it, a lot of it is put onto women and don't forget that women have such a as we said limited um opportunities therefore getting married is you know is is the big thing high, so assemblies conventions you would see young women in little groups walking around strutting their stuff and it was very much like you know it was like a cattle market in a way you know you'd mm -hmm. have all the, the brothers go and talking to some of the sisters and they'd all be showing off and uh, and it was mm. i mean when you think about it i mean it's a fascinating study really to to see it it's yeah. um it, it is a very strange thing i mean as a as a young person you've got such a limited um pool of potential partners um that mm. assemblies were the moment you know the moment you might meet somebody that that might end up being your your husband or your wife and so it was all geared towards that it was very strange very very strange like i said i just don't i just don't like the way that it's like I don't know, it's just like, uh, <laughs> just like turn, turn into de, yeah, I think this whole infantilization, desexualization of, of women, um, except you kind of resent them because they don't make any decisions themselves and you just wish that they would be a bit sexy sometimes, but they shouldn't because they're not worldly and not spiritual. <laughs> it's like, what do you want? I think it reflects, <laughs> you know? um, a confusion amongst, um, Mm. men within the organization and, and that's hardly mm. surprising this is an organization that is incredibly sexually repressed you know um yeah. the, you, you're not allowed to have any sexual relationships until you get yeah. married um things like masturbation so on are absolutely forbidden um even mm. even looking at, at pictures that are you know sexually provocative absolutely forbidden porn is absolutely mm. forbidden but not just porn but anything that is a bit sexy anything of yeah and um, mm. films that are 18 certificate that have got sex scenes in them or 15 with sex scenes no mm. you know it's it's all very uh, yeah there, there's a lot of sexual repression there which is i, I feel think like quite it's dangerous anytime you're seeing any yeah and it, like, also yeah this idea of like i don't know making it all about what the the man wants then they're like do you know what i mean so instead of how they want to express themselves by you know physically with clothes makeup whatever like sexually however like you know in terms of like flirting mm. or not or whatever it's just it's all for the purpose of doing what men want well the <laughs> rules are all made by men aren't they so yeah. ultimately it has to be what the men want because the rules are all made by men so the governing body they're all males all the elders are males so there is no there's no input from women to say well yeah but don't forget you know as a woman 
I would see this and I would see that. No, you know, there's mm. not no input from women at all. It is no, it's just masculine. how you want mm. how you want them to be mm. for you. Yeah, and I'm not saying you, but you know, mm. you as in one. Um, and that's just sad, isn't it? So, and... what can I ask you? I mean, obviously, you were never in this situation. Um, mm. So, between us, we can talk about it. But we, yeah. it might be, we've never had guests. One day, we might have guests. So, it might be good to mm. talk to somebody who's experienced that. But mm. um, if if a woman leaves the organisation, what sort of challenges do you think she's likely to experience? Well, I think for one she'll probably all of a sudden be faced with a bunch of decisions that had never been open to her before yeah. so you know down from like the point from the minutiae of oh i can buy whatever clothes i want now mm. um to you know i can decide you know to move out into my own place just of my own complete own choosing i can how do I want to vote? Like all yeah. of these things that you still make mm. choices of yourself, but like anyone that leaves the witnesses will have to choose. But also on top of that, as a woman, things that you would have looked to your father or husband to aid you in. So even, you know, you've got the grand plan from like the witnesses on high and then the ones that make the decisions. And then you've got the choices of just your day-to-day -day life. Like, oh, someone's flirting with me at work. I could flirt back <laughs> you know yeah. or mm. just just all the way down to that it would it could be overwhelming potentially mm. um you know you might feel it find it really really liberating at the start you might find it overwhelming you might be like god there's just too much to consider mm. um i mean there's the chance that i don't know what happens if you as a woman leave and you have kids and your husband stays i don't know i imagine that they would be very much battling to have the kids because they'll be like well we need to raise them so they don't but i don't know how the courts look upon that well i suppose um talking about experiences that i've seen um sometimes a, a woman would stop coming to the meetings and would decide she doesn't want to be a witness anymore um mm. the the official line on that is that the husband if he's a witness shouldn't leave her they should you know they're still married mm. so mm. they as long as the marriage is is um is is still there then they carry on being man and wife and um, obviously they carry on with their relationship even if she was disfellowship let's say so because divorce isn't easy is no, it? no <laughs> you don't get divorced for any reason other than um fornication which is some sort of sexual um activity adultery, adultery or or something like that yeah but mm. um uh yeah i, I mean that the, there were people that that had a life like that you know woman decides she doesn't believe it anymore she you know they disfellowship people for smoking and things like that you know maybe she went and started smoking because she used to smoke before she became a witness and she fancied mm. a fag you know i mean obviously i don't smoke i think it's a bad idea but is it is it a disfellowshipping effect? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it is for the witnesses. So she might get disfellowshipped because she smoked, and then then you've got a situation where um, obviously they're still married and they live a life as a normal man and wife. But the 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 woman, if if it's the woman that gets disfellowshipped, mm. she isn't allowed to have any contact with the congregation. So if you know it's sort of inviting people around for meals and all those sorts of things, no, that you can't do that anymore so the woman would if if the woman's coming so maybe he goes with his kids and often it would be the other way around if i'm honest the man 
would yeah. be disfellowshipped and the, the woman would still carry on going. So she'd carry on coming to the meetings with the kids and, and he, if he decided to sort of wanted to come back, he might come with them, but he'd have to sit at the back. They'd all have to sit at the back then and no one would talk to them because it was a bit awkward and just really, really difficult, really. So, mm. yeah, a woman can... Mm can decide to not be a part of it anymore and still her marriage would still be there but you can imagine how difficult that would make them the thing that i find difficult with that is surely they want people to still be witnesses right so if you disfellowship one out of the partnership surely and you make their life that difficult i mean that that must end a lot of the time in in the other half of the partnership leaving as well. Yeah, I've no idea. I've, I'm, you know, we we don't have don't stats the on these. Like. <laughs> they don't but do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand mm. it from the point of view of a. It it it's. I think the thing that sh- that shocks me is the fact of like. It seems like everybody's really close knit and loves each other, but then when something goes wrong, they completely cut you off and it's like they never cared about you ever anyway and that just the heartlessness and the the ease of which they'll just just dump you is terrifying yeah i mean this is another subject let's let's talk about this another time i think it's another really interesting subject what what um i do have a couple questions if you like um so obviously you kind of answered to me what male headship means Mm. but like um and and you obviously would have taken on that role Mm. Um, and I think you might have seen it as both a burden and a privilege if you to look back retrospectively but um, how long did it take for you to kind of let that go because obviously you had um, a wife and a daughter Um, so did you did you make an active choice to be like oh I'll let my wife you know Mm. take more of a this will be more of a partnership now. Did you, instead of a, um, instead of a patriarchy, this is going to be a, a, a partnership? Yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting question. It's something that I've thought about uh, for quite some time, really. And yeah, I think uh, it's just another one of those things. You know, the whole point of this podcast is, you know, what should I think about this and what should I think about that mm-hmm. after leaving? Um, and yeah, that's just another one of those questions. What should I think about? Uh, the relationship between men and women and I think I I mean this is going back 20 years um, when I first left more than 20 years now so it is a bit fuzzy but yeah I think I think that was a definitely a question I had to consider for myself and and I was more than happy to uh, relinquish this idea of headship because although Mm. I'm all, I've always been quite an assertive person and always been happy to make decisions um, as a young man. Um, so it wasn't that I, I, you know, I just didn't like doing it. I feared it. I did feel like the whole burden of decision making fell upon me. And that's actually, I don't think, very good for the man either. You know, it's much better if you say, right, we're in this together. Um, let's, let's make the decision together. And um, yeah, sometimes you might disagree in which case you sometimes you get your way sometimes you you don't you know and that's that's the way life is isn't it and um, mm. so I, I actually found it much very liberating actually very much better I think I do think though there are some questions about so as a 
you know, as a student of psychology, I, I, I'm very interested in how people behave and why they do what they do, why we do what we do. And a big part of our behaviour is the way we've been um, raised, if you like, out the culture in which we were raised and our experiences. So to imagine that that doesn't have any impact or effect on us, yeah. I think is probably um, is probably a mistake. I'm, I'm guessing that some of my behavior certainly hung over from that time and i don't know if i've still got some of that i don't know i'd like to think i don't i'd like to think that i absolutely don't see myself mm. as the head of the family um but you know it is possible some of those behavioral traits still linger um so i yeah. you know i'm more than happy for you to uh, to point those out from oh. time to time <laughs> I have a question mm, for you, on. and I just wonder what you think. You can cut it out if you don't like cool. it. But <laughs> our question is: so obviously you were raising a daughter, yeah. and um, there'll be times when, say for instance, I was in sixth form. Uh, when you're in sixth form in the UK, you don't have to wear uniforms mm. anymore. Typically, we do wear uniforms prior to that. Um, so I was able to just wear whatever I wanted. And I do remember one time you being like, "You can't go to school in that. That's not happening." <laughs> do you think that that where that comes from? like is that just from being a dad do you think that's from being an ex-witness yeah i mean it's it, how can you pick that apart i have no idea you know all mm. i i mean i because i know i was in a right straw. <laughs> i was quite annoyed about the whole thing i'm yeah. sure you were i can't remember that mm. incident strangely um but uh, so, oh, I so i don't remember what <laughs> item of clothing it was that i um I took exception to um i suppose i i would believe that it's more about just being a dad who is worried about mm boys because you know um as men we we as as a man with a daughter a teenage daughter mm. you know clearly you don't like boys not because you're worried about you losing your daughter but because you know boys do all sorts of things that that you you don't necessarily like you know Mm. Um, I mean, this is an old trope, isn't it? You see plenty of sitcoms and uh, and films that you get turned back upstairs to go get changed. <laughs> exactly, yeah. this oh, is I a <laughs> this is a real trope. So I don't think that's just limited to JWs or XJWs or, mm. or high control groups or you know misogynistic outlooks on life. Whether that's right or wrong, you know, is a different question. Should should mm. uh, a man or a mother, should a father or a mother be telling their daughter? You can't go to school looking like that. Um, that's mm. perhaps a podcast for another day. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I guess there's a part of me that says, well, you know, you should be allowed to wear whatever you like. That's not a problem, but there has um, to be a limit. No, um, I do wonder, that I, I don't know, I'll show you, the, I'll have a picture of the dress at some point. I'll show you, um, okay. see what you think. Because <laughs> I, I don't think it was any, I don't think uh, for the benefit of our listeners, I don't think I was a particularly outrageous child. <laughs> I don't think I had anything that could be particularly like, oh, oh, goodness me, hot under the collar. Like, it was just like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, just dress with it. Yeah, I, d I don't, yeah, I, honestly, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to have a look at it and, um, and then I'll make my judgment <laughs> again. Would, would dad of 2021 um, say, you're not going out looking like that? No, but I think, I think there is a natural fear of and to be serious mm -hmm. a moment this this alludes i guess to some of the conversation that's been going around over the last few weeks around uh, attacks mm -hmm. on women and um you know whether um 
there's a lot of, of discussion about you know women shouldn't be told to be careful or to dress in a certain way because it's the boys it's the men that yeah. should learn how to behave towards women it's them that, that uh, the message should be directed at and of course that is absolutely right of course it's the men that should stop attacking women it's the boys that should be raised to understand that under no circumstances no matter what she's wearing is the woman inviting an attack of course however as a father in you know the 21st century with a daughter going out to school or going out to a nightclub or whatever it is i think it's unreasonable to expect that parent not to worry because there yeah. are bad people out there and therefore you worry that's why we ask you to give us a call when you get back after you've been on a you know on a train journey or something and should you have to do that absolutely not you know but but you still worry yeah, don't you so that i mean that i think that's the that for me that was going mm -hmm. to be the um the motivation behind it not because as a as a man i wanted to control mm -hmm. what you wore absolutely not um but but yeah some i guess some tendencies towards authoritarianism might still be there and that's understandable if um you know if you leave a a, a set of religious beliefs that you you've had instilled into you inculcated is the word used which i think mm. is a really interesting word inculcate mm. that has that real sense of you know mm -hmm. drilling into your brain mm. doesn't it you're being inculcated so you don't even think about it it's like mm. breathing and that's if you've had that for 20 odd years then it's not surprising that some of that you know that's not going to be switched Obviously, off like no, a light no. is it um and, and I think the reason I bring these things up, like how women dress and and so on, mm. is to bring it outside of all of that as well, and just because of society. But um, so there is a lot of that that we probably just do like breathing because that's what we do in our society. But I think, yeah, I just think perhaps it's. Um, I think the thing that's sad about that trope of um, of it, you know, mm. being turned around to get changed. Um, into something different the sad thing is it's um i suppose like at an age when you're only just maybe starting to think about yourself as a as a, as a being of potentially being attractive or like you know your relationship mm. with whoever whoever whatever sex you're attracted to and all of that and then it's immediately like um not too much though <laughs> mind do you know what i yeah. mean mind careful that's i suppose it's it's it, and i'm not saying just about this isn't just about you it's just society it's it's like sure. you know you're that's dangerous and it's you that's dangerous yeah. it feels mm. potentially because it's like a mm. you're feeling the heat of it or you're feeling the the repercussions of other people's actions and you, when you're a child teenager whatever young adult you don't really understand that to the same degree and the reasons as to why your caregiver would care about that but um i guess yeah you might feel like shame for what you thought was like a good you were like feeling good about something you're like yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah it's a terrible thing to do isn't it i, I completely mm. understand that and if a you know if, if a son walks down in a string string vest 
Why would he wear know. a string vest? He didn't mean a string vest. Uh, like a, Those net vests like a, that he wears uh, in 51st like dates. You know, the, the, it's like fishnet <laughs> top. Yeah, exactly. No, I wasn't thinking of that. Um, I was thinking of like you know these yeah, yeah. skimpy tops that mm. muscle men wear just to show off their mm-hmm. their bodies. You know, um, would I would I say to a son that came downstairs just about to go out? You know, you're not yeah. wearing that. Um, I probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. That's completely unfair. Like a shame of your body. Um, all of a sudden, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think it's coming from a place not not because. Um, I want you mm. to feel shame. It's just, just literal yeah. worried about those horrible creatures called boys, um, or mm. men even that might be interested in a in a young mm. girl. Um, and it's um, yeah, it's completely wrong that we have to think like that in our society. Mm. Um, and I mean, the ultimate the ultimate end of that is is actually head coverings and yeah. face coverings and um you know is is a world where mm. women are not allowed to show any part of their body and um we you know we obviously think well as a humanist i think mm. that's a really bad idea um mm. and yeah we, we should fight against that really definitely so and um like i said i think you don't want to ingrain a feeling of shame about just the body you were born in from into into women do you, do you know what i mean because then it that that is what leads eventually to this sort of you know um victim blame society isn't mm. it um of well, what was she wearing how drunk was she you know? oh indeed yeah absolutely um but you know it's just something i thought would throw out yeah i think it's worth um it's definitely something that men need to grapple with but not just men yeah. but all all parents really um and, and maybe to uh, to explain to your daughter that this isn't because of you like you look really lovely in that dress mm. i'm just af- i'm afraid and explain exactly yeah why and say this is wrong mm. and i'm sorry mm. and i wish that it wasn't but instead of it just being yeah about turn your tramp <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> like, exactly yeah um because because you're sensitive as a young girl and you can take that to heart mm. um and you can read into things that aren't necessarily mm. what do you know what I mean? So I think that's one maybe... of the that's one of the difficulties with, um, I guess, all parents' experience is that they're, mm-hmm. you know, parents are themselves trying to make sense of a complex world with lots of, um, yeah, uh, lots of difficult decisions, and they don't have any training for it either. So, you know, no. where and a child will look at their parent and think, oh, you know, they, they know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it, and. Um, they'll they'll attribute mm. motives to all of those things that but yeah exactly yeah. but actually the parents are making it up as they go along aren't they <laughs> mm. but i don't know and you discover that as you grow exactly. but um mm. also in terms of speaking about women because we said we didn't want to keep it just on the witnesses mm. so let's yeah. expand out okay. again um another one to bring up is um again at school i think a lot of this weird behavior and beliefs is bred at school or at least it was during my time which obviously i left um, secondary school or in America's high school when I was in 2015 so that's like six years ago now mm. but um, I don't think it's I still think a lot of this is prevalent when I speak to people um, that are still going and it's yeah this idea of like yeah the girls need to measure their skirt lengths um, you know so that's something that some schools do mm. which is a bit weird um, or to um 
yeah and I, our school never did this but I heard some schools did do the thing where you like go, you, you kneel on the ground and see where it, the skirt comes to and things like that or you have to put your hand next to yours and see how many like how far it comes down past your fingertips mm. but that's just biology some people have long arms mm. some people have short arms do you know what I mean so I mean that's just whatever but I think so if there's a dress code there's a dress code whatever but the, the thing that they always used to say at school was like oh we're preparing you for the workforce mm. I've never gone to work and had anyone tell me what length my skirt must be or to get me on to, to be on my knees while they check my skirt no. length that's demeaning and weird mm. so having you know a male school teacher above you know mm. in a position of power tell you to kneel on the ground while they look at your skirt is weird yeah of course it is um and there's things like that and like they, do you see what i mean because like, being bred in from such a young age and then also one that our school did do was um have the it was always the male teachers i feel like the women didn't want to do it and they didn't want to partake and you can understand why um they would stand there with a packet of not even makeup wipes wet wipes and if they thought you looked too done up mm. they'd give you a wet wipe and say take that off mm. <laughs> so i remember once i had some red lipstick on nothing else major just some red lipstick and he was like take that off mm. gave me a wet wipe and i took it off at the door and then do you know what i did i immediately put it back mm. on because defiance <laughs> but like just weird isn't it because they and, and you know this pretext this uh, or pretense sorry that it's because of the workplace mm. like that's just not true women do no. wear makeup in the workplace and i just wonder why were they doing that you know why were they policing how yeah. you wear your clothes and how you how you um put on makeup like it was just odd behavior and and this weird shaming ritual at the gates before you could come in you had to make yourself well, I think Proper. I think um, what you're describing, obviously, is is school uniform policy, um, which mm. we could have another podcast about. But I suppose mm. to bring it back to our so subject, it's about this policing of women. Yeah, um, I think the reason that a lot of this is happening is because of our, uh, and and it, it is linked to uh, religions because it comes from this kind of Protestant, um, mm. very what's the word ascetic um puritanical puritanical, that's the word i'm looking for yeah this puritanical view of things and you Mm. know unfortunately um sexuality women is is a confusing picture i think to many religionists Um, Mm. i mean the bible itself um there's rituals around women who were menstruating they were considered to be unclean yeah Mm -hmm. and they would have to have a ritual to um to to become clean again and a man wouldn't be able to have any relations with a woman who was Mm -hmm. so there's there's this um this underlying cultural problem that we have had for thousands of years yeah that relate to women's sexuality um and to women themselves um, this uncomfort with women it seems yeah, this, this uh, sort of like fear of them and especially as you enter adolescence and therefore entering your your sexuality mm. it's just like oh, like repress it repress it 
you know don't let them put makeup on and start expressing themselves don't, don't let them try and like show themselves pull, pull the skirts down do you know absolutely and i mean it, it does it it's reflecting a misogynistic streak that the bible has really um mm. so i don't want to offend anybody but um in the particularly the old testament um the hebrew scriptures as as we used to call it um the laws that the Israelites had and the arrangements you know there were there were patriarchs um which were men like Abraham and um Lot's and Noah and so on these were patriarchs who could have multiple wives they had um families uh, of which they were the the big chief you know and they would have slaves and animals and lands and so on servants and they they would essentially be the the head the ceo of of their family um mm. and yeah women were part of that so you know a man was solomon king of israel is, is well known as having thousands or a thousand wives and mm. they would have arrangements where they would have a, a new concubine that would come in every night you know to have sex with um, these were arrangements that were um, were endorsed by the God of the Bible and were seen as mm. okay, um, and yeah. So there, there's, I mean, how many women's names are mentioned in the Bible is another good question. You know, people like so it's just some woman. Noah's wife, Lot's wife. Um, we mm. know about Abraham's wife Sarah, but we there's lots and lots of women that are mentioned in the Bible that mm. as very bit part characters and but whom mm -hmm. you know have some terrible experiences but we never get to know even their name mm -hmm. so i think modern society certainly in, certainly in the west and and other societies that are built upon these abrahamic traditions mm -hmm. if you like um they they reflect that so i, I guess it's it really a lot yeah. of it comes from that um, that base which is why you have these yeah. problems with yeah, is my skirt too short? Am I showing too much? You know, in the old days, it is showing a bit of calf. You know, was um, oh an no. ankle was ankles. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was but very. very that's why they didn't like bicycles for a while because a gave women independence and b it would show their ankles as they rode yeah, the bike. Yeah, you know how you sit on a horse even and all that sort mm. of stuff. It was it has to be to the side. And exactly. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, very. It's we we still have a lot of even. Could you call them hangovers, or are they still culturally embedded yeah. practices? I would say. I mean, I think that is more than prevalent if you're still part of a religious yeah. group, and especially with the witnesses, as they do continue quite traditional values of men and women, yeah. um, and and discuss these ideas of modesty and so on regularly. I mean, one thing that I remember, I hate them so. These modesty bibs. Have you seen them? No. That? Oh, they're awful. So, like, if you have a dress that's too, or just a top that's too low cut, okay, you'll be provided with a lovely, lovely modesty Who, bit, like clips. Um, well, like witnesses, oh, like, loads of them have them, like lacy. Um, they oh, like, have a bit of lace okay. across. I've never heard yeah, them called yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Well, because well, I don't know if they call them bibs, but I call them bibs because they're like hmm. they're literally like a big circle cut out, and then they clip onto either side of your bra. Oh, okay, I never saw that horrific yeah, awful because yeah. we remember um, and I think this is where um, I have to ask mum if she doesn't mind me saying but um, she so with mum she 
had this dress and she was like oh it's a bit low cut and I was like it's not really though is it and she was like oh, I don't know maybe I should get one of those like modesty shield things and I was like no don't don't you dare I'll get you <laughs> that's that's rubbish I was like that's just all the witnesses getting in your brain and telling you that that's inappropriate yeah. you look good so you should wear it <laughs> like like no I was like you're gonna ruin your outfit with a disgusting lacy bib no you look lovely yeah it's it's um it's hard to know where obviously our experience that we've been talking about with with jehovah's witnesses and then you've got the which is a subculture and then you've got the 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 bigger culture um of the the uk which is the one that we know which itself is Mm a um, a culture of the western world i suppose we could describe it as um which itself is part of a christian or christendom kind of yeah. uh religious uh culture and, and it's hard to know um, unpicking all of that is probably not worth doing mm. but um but yeah i think what you've what you're finding is that uh, religions like jehovah's witnesses and others are just more extreme versions of the problems that you have in society so they're mm. they're essentially behind you know they're they're behind a few hundred years that if you went back as you've said already pride and prejudice mm. you know if you go back to jane austen time mm. um women would have similar amounts of opportunity similar amounts of um uh, freedoms to young women who are currently jehovah's witnesses and mm. and attitudes towards relationships and sex and so on would in polite society be pretty similar now whether Mm. what people are actually getting up to in reality is a different you know is a different question Mm. but certainly in the version Mm. we get from our understanding of those times um yeah it sounds very much like it you know absolutely Mm. yeah so that will be the quote on twitter i think for next week's episode pride and prejudice but sad (laughs) is what i said at the beginning i believe exactly yeah, I know it's not as fun. We've touched upon a few um, interesting subjects today. There's a um, a YouTuber called Gillian Adams, um, mm. who she's only made a, a few videos. I think she's she's kind of fairly new to the mm. YouTubing game, but she's an ex witness and she's very mm. much targeting her work around sexuality. Um, mm. And I th- think that's a really important area. It's, really important. it's not something I necessarily personally feel comfortable talking about, but i think it is really really important because mm. it's it is quite damaging that you know you yeah i think you've got you know within the organization people leaving that organization you'll you'll have uh people who are um gay you'll have people that are bisexual mm. you'll have um well the whole gamut of course and but you'll have lots of women and lots of men who are essentially sexually frustrated and repressed and confused but just from all sides, not even just the LGBT no, that's what I mean. plus community, just yeah, all of it. Because, like, I mean, just think about like all of the power dynamics involved in then when you take that into your, you know, sexual life. I mean, you know, we don't need to go into that today. But just think, that's all going to translate into every aspect, and that includes your sexual partnership too. And that's that's no fun. And, and just you know, um, if you're a, a young person who's um single and you leave the organization Mm. you know you you may have been a very sexually repressed and now you have this this freedom to explore Mm. your sexuality um 
but you know what do you do with that i guess is is one of the questions and how do you still take care of yourself emotionally and and so on um to cope with this new world that you've you're now uh you now have in front of you and, and we all we all make mistakes and i would suggest that a person that is thrown into that that world without any guidance without any help without any sort of sensible um person to to talk to and to to confide in i would suggest that's really difficult for that for that person mm. um so i think you know i think it is an important area that that needs to be that needs to be talked about not necessarily by me um but i am glad but that's why i'm glad that that, mm. uh, that she's doing that yeah mm. all right well um very interesting topic thank you very much um mm. don't forget uh anybody that's listening to this please rate us um on yeah so if you go on apple podcasts make sure to give us a star rating you can do a little written review as well but at least give us a few stars go on it's not hard um go on and um yeah if you talk to us on twitter we've been having some good chats with people on twitter recently so yeah um yeah please um you know do do suggest topics for us to talk about um the main yeah that would be good. yeah the main thrust of this podcast is it's not so much what a lot of um a lot of people are doing which is kind of activism for for me what i want this podcast to be about which i what i think it is about is is about um addressing some of the difficult issues that everybody has to cope with it's just perhaps more difficult if you've had a certain mm. way of looking at things in the world and and now you now you you're uh, you're confronted by all these difficult questions what should i think about this that and the other so we're trying to mm. sort of work through all of these big questions and uh, and then take them a bit further because these are questions that everybody in the world is thinking about you know, everybody wants to to know the best way to live our lives and, and to organize yeah. ourselves so i think it, it moves the conversation on a little bit so please let us nice. know what you think um, give us some suggestions and see you next time